evening and welcome to Hannah's and Roots. My <laughs> name is Casey Burkholder and this is my co-host. Brittany Richards. Uh, Casey, may I just say, I love your introduction. It reminds me of fairy tale theater, the way they used to introduce that TV show. Mm. Not sure if you remember it. I think it I was, don't. it may have been Canadian. It's great. I'm going to send you some VHS recordings um, that you can watch at your leisure. <laughs> you know, we didn't have television until, I mean, we had television, but we didn't have cable. You had the rabbit ears, I know. Until, I'm going to say 2003. <laughs> we moved to Winnipeg. And then I remember my parents got cable for the first time and I stayed up for almost 24 hours watching the game show network just because I was like television <laughs> it's amazing from humble beginnings truly <laughs> all right so the chapters we are on tonight I don't know what numbers they are because they aren't numbered but they are called Ruth's right eye dumping Mrs. Vaughn and why panic at 10 o'clock in the morning mm. So I don't know about you, but I very much enjoyed this little stretch of the book. Well, I mean, I'm reading it with such a critical eye now. And again, I hate <laughs> the way that they've made Marion. So they've made her so that she's this like sad sexless person as though you can't be sad and also be sexual, I find that mm. incomprehensible. So the John Irving is saying that Marion, before she met Eddie, had only had sex with her husband one time since her elder children died, right. which resulted in the birth of her child. So like, yeah, those odds. I don't know about those odds. In her late 30s, and she had sex one time and conceived like, I'm going to say that didn't happen as someone in their late 30s. Like, that's not going to happen. There does How many seem people to do I know in their late 30s who are like desperate to have a child. A lot. Right. And it's it doesn't just happen. It's like the one time yeah. that you have yeah. your partner. Anyway, so like. Okay, but let me let me play devil's advocate on you here. What it. if what if there's another layer here that he doesn't describe? What if it's to show that like the odds are so slim, but Ruth just had to come through? I mean, maybe so, but look, the whole thing, that just feels very strange to me. Yeah, no, I get it, but biologically. It, here's another idea. She blames her husband for their shitty life and their kids dying. Why doesn't she go and fuck someone else? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, it's not like um, nobody would have tried based on the way she is described over and over again as the perfect woman. Right. And then, so the only person she decides to have sex with is someone who reminds her of her dead children. That premise is strange. However, I would like to point out that she gets a bladder infection from all the sex. That seems like he does know a little bit about biology. I think we've all been there. Or well, I have. Yeah, of course, everyone gets UTIs. Like, <laughs> that's not special. I just thought it was an interesting little detail. So he gets one thing right. Yeah, one thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm just like, uh, I think it's, 
I think it's a very sex negative text. Even though there's so much sex in it, it's very judgmental. Mm. And yeah, I'm just not into it. <laughs> so you may hear laughter in the background. My partner is, I don't know, looking at the internet. Oh, that's too bad. I thought maybe he was laughing at one of our one oh, of our quips. Definitely not at us. <laughs> or with us. I was texting him last night. I was like, let me tell you. This is the soundtrack of my Friday night. I make a comment aloud to get him in, involved in a conversation. Radio silence. <laughs> His headphones in. Uh, I was like, this is my weekend. I'm just shouting into the abyss. <laughs> Nothing to be returned. And texting grouchily. Thanks for not replying to me. <laughs> I love it. So... Okay, let's talk about relationships. Let's let's talk about breakups. Ted sends Eddie to break up with Mrs. Vaughn, his most recent young mother. Well, I think him. I know where you're gonna go with this. Do do okay. So no, so I here's where I'm going, and I don't think this is I don't think you're gonna know where I'm going. Hmm. I think that the equivalent of today's equivalent of being dumped by a third party is maybe being dumped in a text or something like that. So I was going to ask you, have you ever been dumped for, by a third party or via text or in some shitty, cowardly way like that? All of the above. But wait, I thought you were going to get us to talk about how we used to break up with people for each other because we have similar <laughs> voices on the phone. And we would oh, also do jobs for each other. That is true. Do the other ones. <laughs> that is a hundred percent true like we did, have been the third party you? dumper before yeah, who did i do for you i forget was it steve? um you may have done steve yeah because steve took a few tries so you may have done like the second or the third try and then you definitely quit for me my job at earl's i remember that um that when I, because i quit in person and at the end of quitting the guy said to me, the manager said, well, thanks, Lindsay. It's been really nice having you here. So then he took this other girl that did also have blonde hair off the schedule, Lindsay, but I was still on the schedule. So then they called my house to see why I hadn't shown up. And I was like, oh no, I quit, but they didn't catch it because he called me Lindsay and you were over. And so you called Earl's back and you were like, hi, yeah, it's Brittany. I actually quit and I quit to Chris's face, but he called me Lindsay on the way out. You did that for me. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I quit for you again. <laughs> do you have any uncomfortable phone calls to make? Because I will do it with <laughs> The problem now is with these video phones. Well, <laughs> I could put on a blonde wig and take off my glasses. <laughs> that is but true. Like the, I was saying to my friend the other day, you know how Zoom has the feature where you can like enhance your looks? Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. So generally I just, I do about 50%, 50% enhance the looks. It just makes a softer lens. It's just like a nice. I do it 100%. That's what I was going to ask. Like, what's your percentage? I know it is. It is now right now I'm on this other computer. So I, it's probably 0%. I have no idea, but on my no, regular lens, I would guess it was a hundred. 
Oh, my regular computer. Yeah. Oh, all the way. And you know what? It is not for other people. It's for me. I've got to stare back at my own mug all day. I'm not looking I, at you right now. I'm looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> they should switch which screen is big and which is small. We'd all rather have the large self view. <laughs> I know. I've, I've also noticed that I've started positioning myself. So it's like a really good angle. Like I don't <laughs> look direct. Oh camera. yeah, you do learn what camera angles are better. I, I agree. And and this whole thing has gotten less weird. I, I mean, I, I this was my first time interviewing for a job completely online ever. Mm-hmm. And now I'll be starting a brand new job from home, online, never physically meeting the people I'm working with. This and it doesn't even seem weird because sounds kind of ideal to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the world we're living in hey man honestly that's great like do you remember going into a lunchroom and like someone had a stinky lunch <laughs> or like the garbage like an office lunchroom yeah yeah we used to have this one guy who would ha- he'd have these musty salads and he'd open them up right in the common area and he also didn't feel like he got enough ventilation so he had this little desk fan that he'd have going and it would blow the musty salad smell around the whole office <laughs> yeah I don't miss that <laughs> right yeah. yep I don't miss other people's lunches mm-hmm. no that's, you know what else I don't point. miss I don't miss like Oh hi! <laughs> I don't miss that. Small talk. Oh, Big I... plans this weekend. How was your weekend? I hope you have a good weekend. Hey, Did you get weather. up to anything fun this weekend? <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful day. Oh, it's a terrible day. <laughs> Who cares? Cats and dogs out there. I know. And like, think about how much of that we've missed this year. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I agree, but. I found one of those, you know, headlines out there somewhere saying that like people are missing small talk. People are missing short, inconsequential interactions with like random people or strangers. I get that. I do. I saw a colleague today on the street and I was like, Lisa, I was like, oh, she's like, the tippy top best like you know right. you have like i don't know if you have yes of, like who's the best to the worst at your work she's like really at the top like she's right oh so great funny dry exceptionally good at her job <laughs> <She's amazing. laughs> yeah and, those, those people are great my jokes like really like ticks all my boxes of what i want in a colleague all right settle down i'm getting jealous <laughs> she's great I'd love to introduce you someday and talk about the weather or what you did on the weekend or your flight. Yes. Anyway, she's great. All of those things. I read this great article this year. I can't remember if I shared it with you. I may have, but it was in the New Yorker. And this person was talking about Alex Trebek. And Mm. they were positing that he was amazing at what they called doing being normal which is like normal with any person. He could do that speech act of being normal. And I feel like, not to uh, talk myself up, but I think I'm also excellent at doing being normal, which means like switching 
understanding the audience, switching what they need in that conversation and delivering it for them. Right. That, but I realized everyone I truly love is also excellent at doing being normal. You, excellent. Tyler, my partner, excellent. My best friend at work, Roger, excellent. My other best friend at work, Sabine, excellent. Everyone I truly love is excellent at doing being normal. My brother, yes. Yeah, that's an interesting concept. And I, I agree. I never would have called it that. But I, I mean, for example, my, my current partner, very good at that as well. Oh, yeah. In the past, I've had a partner that wasn't good at that, but I would have called it social anxiety. But I, I like that doing being normal. That's And the people I find difficult to work with, not so good at doing being normal. Right. Like they make it about them. Maybe they take up too much time in a meeting with a petty complaint. Like they don't understand other Or people. they tell stories where you're like, is the point coming? <laughs> That's so painful. I have this one friend whom I adore. We were really great friends in my master's degree. And he is the worst storyteller in <laughs> the world. Takes five years to tell a story. The story never is interesting because it involves too many players and like there's no real <laughs> plot. Absolutely the worst storyteller in the world. I don't get to see him that often. The last time I helped, I would listen to those for hours. Just his like shitty stories that aren't even stories. They're just like long speeches <laughs> that interest nobody. Like, but that's only the one exception to this rule. Okay, well that is that's a very good example. He's great exception. at small talk, but his long talk game is right. terrible. <laughs> so bad. I know one of those as well. I we probably all know one of those. I don't know. I think that it's kind of a special way of being. Okay, back to the book. Okay, so I noticed that in, in dumping Mrs. Vaughn, there's a poor Mrs. Vaughn. And there have already been at least two poor Marians. Mm. Oh, these poor women. These but poor, poor women. Poor Mrs. And I thought that was great. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. Poor Mrs. Vaughn. Like, because she was like, you know, it's hard to be like treated shittily. Right. Oh, yes. person that has also treated Marian shittily. That's true. That is fascinating. You but are absolutely right where no one else does. Eddie doesn't show empathy. Ted does not show empathy. The only person who will give Mrs. Vaughn humanity is Marion. That's so funny because I read it sarcastically, but I like your interpretation better. I like that one a lot better. I read it as like, that's awful. Yeah, no, I like that interpretation way better. To be humiliated. <laughs> Say that again. It feels terrible to be humiliated. Oh, it does. And getting the, the, making Eddie take the nude drawings of Mrs. Vaughn back to her, but not giving her the portfolio, which they come in because it's leather and it's got his initials on it. So Eddie has to literally take the drawings out of this portfolio. I found that to be such a funny detail just about what a smug piece of crap Ted is. And so those I first two chapters like wrap it up in something else, like a piece of twine. Yeah. Or like paper. a different, like a, an oh. envelope. Yeah. Um, but I love these two chapters. But then in the third chapter, why panic at 10 o'clock in the morning? 
it's very funny when he's running away from Mrs. Vaughn and the gardener's t- t- trying to help him get away and he gets stuck in the bushes and everything. I found that very comical. But as soon as he goes to the bookstore and starts assessing that young girl who, yeah. who, who may or may not give him a ride home and how she looks dumb but willing, basically, I'm paraphrasing. That made my blood boil. And I'll tell you the line that put me right over the edge was when it turns out she doesn't have a car. He, so he can't, she can't drive him home. He says, too bad, Ted thought, but he rationalized that he didn't really like the discrepancy between the thinness of her lower lip and the exaggerated puffiness of her upper. I mean, no one likes a part thin, part puffy lip. I mean, like, I read this at an impressionable age. Like, yeah, but I, that's what you learn. The whole book is like, it's okay for some people to have sex, but a lot of people carry a lot of shame from it. So be careful. Also, um, don't trust anyone and nobody, no female body is perfect. But Ted at 45 looks at himself in the mirror. And he's yes. Like, he'll tuck in the t-shirt. Look at I his waist. His waist looks stuff. good. I know. And the way that, oh, he's in, he's got to outrun this lady that he has scorned, but he's in great shape from playing squash several times a week. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me with this shit? Have it's you played a- squash? Um, I've like, yeah, no, successfully, no. Have I been to a squash court and tried to hit the like gold little hard ball around? Yes. Did I ever warm it up enough so that it bounced? No. It's hard. I yeah, no, I'm not hard. interested really. It's really hard. I've never been more exhausted from a squash. <laughs> but I always, when I think of squash, I think of that. Did, you saw Splash, right? In the oh yeah, I had it off on VHS. Yes, right. So like the the scene where John Candy is drinking and smoking while playing, like that's <laughs> the kind of game I love. I want like curling. A you should start smoke. curling. That you can drink and smoke and curl. I would love to. I did start <laughs> curling in university for a time. I was on a team for one year. I loved curling fun yeah i see that in my future in the post-pandemic future oh, God, me too. like gonna... seize the day right carpe diem, carpe diem. <laughs> uh with curling yeah with curling exactly mm-hmm. so yeah a lot of nudity in this chapter or in these chapters a yeah. lot of description of the nudity but nothing like super sexual like no just pretty much women being disgusting being described as disgusting is the way I so funny. like I don't understand where we read this book and liked it at the time because it's so okay I, I agree it's it is but there's redeeming redeeming moments at of the like the comedy excellent the plot is interesting it moves along I get all of that and we weren't looking through it with a feminist lens when we were 16 years old we just weren't nothing would have like like, I think we just didn't know what the adult world was, so we trusted the author. Yeah, I literally, when I went to work in an office job in 2012, I did not know that we still needed to move things ahead for women because I was so naive. 
I had been taught that we had finally achieved equality. Is that not what they told us in school? We could vote now, we could own land, we could get divorced. What could be better? And then when I got to the workplace, I was like, oh my God, they lied. They lied, this is lip service. Yeah, I don't know. It's much more complex, certainly, than we learned in school. That's for right. Sure. We only learned about white feminism in school, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, like, yes. Women deserve to work, but like, actually, black women were always working, like always. That was not their <laughs> fight. Like, that's not a joke. Like, legit. That's yes, not. of course. It's just like the whiteness of the feminist of that feminist movement. So anyway, yeah. whoa, whoa, it's terrible. It is. The world is garbage. It remains garbage. Yeah 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 it, it's awesome. garbage indeed <laughs> speaking of garbage but, uh, but yeah the mrs vaughn drawing part it's come up so many times in these chapters like these drawings i feel like john irving had this notion of like these drawings to be so disgusting and inhuman or dehumanizing that he has to keep bringing them up a thousand times but like we never get anything about ted like ted's never dehumanized he's just this guy who creates or who makes these women into less than human figures when he no longer desires them that's gross what i'm what i'm struggling to remember is is whether he gets his just desserts um I don't know. I don't know that he does. I forget. Because it almost feels like they're setting him up to be just such an asshole. Like with this most recent description of this girl at the bookstore. Um, I'm like, okay, th- this this has to be intentional. This has to be like... I don't know. I, I And I can't remember. I, can't I don't remember. remember him being an object of pity or scorn. Just like, I, I know that Ruth in the chapters that we've already read is like oh why does he do that sort of like silly guy yeah no I don't remember like hating Ted or thinking Ted was awful it was like he's got some demons and it's all okay this is how he deals with it anyway I think you wanted to tell a story (laughs) about the uh, bathtub yeah yeah well i just given all the nudity i was thinking about the last time that i saw you nude (laughs) (laughs) my barely postpartum body yes continue (laughs) well let's see we were in cm reap cambodia we booked couples massages um and like no it was like a couple spa package (laughs) so it was massages facial back it up a little bit a wrap we're in Cambodia (laughs) we need to give a paper at a conference we're not like young people backpacking that's not this trip this trip is like professionals staying at a nice hotel together Yes. When we arrive at the hotel, already we're stirring up a lot of confusion. They're like, is it okay that you're staying in the same room? Is it okay that there is one bed? 
And we're like, yeah, it's totally fine. Like, yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine. This is great. This is perfect. Everything's fine. They're like, okay. <laughs> but it did not feel like they thought it was okay. That is true. That is true. And then there were flower petals on our bed each day. Um, I think I'll never stay anywhere nicer. It was like everything was like the most gorgeous wood. Do you remember? And everything yeah, teak. smelled teak. So fresh. <laughs> it was like yeah. flowers and verdant green. It really smelled amazing. It was so lush. And the food was so good. And the mango. Oh my God. Nothing tasted better than that mango. I think about that mango like every day, pretty much. It was so incredible. Yeah, it was great. Right, <sighs> continue. Little yes. Back. So we we booked this spa day, and it, <laughs> in North America, I've found you can keep your underwear on or you can take them off. <laughs> you have a choice. <laughs> And in Cambodia, you cannot keep your underwear on, but you but cannot be naked. You. you cannot be naked. They will give you a paper, <laughs> a paper pair of underwear. Well, they're mesh. So they are like fishnet stocking <laughs> panties made for people who are size two. <laughs> yeah. Just so. like being like pretty fresh off of having <laughs> baby. Also, I had, if you recall, mastitis. I do where, recall. Indeed, yeah. I do. <laughs> because I was breastfeeding before we went to uh, Asia and like I didn't pump enough or whatever. So I was like, I had these like horrible engorged, not in a cool way, not in a sexy way. <laughs> these like very engorged breasts with these like <laughs> enormous nipples. <laughs> as i recall just the one breast got the infection though that's right that's right that is right yeah anyway sorry continue right so we are left alone in the room in our robes with these mesh pairs of panties um we find some privacy and put them on we're we're not really privacy from one another as well (laughs) yeah bomb to bomb so (laughs) we get up onto the beds and succumb to the services i think we got the massages first Mm -hmm. and then they started to do um like a body scrub (laughs) or what's the facial next (laughs) i don't know but anyway the the body scrub is happening (laughs) And my scrub finishes first and there's a shower in the room and they asked me to get into the shower and shower off the scrub. (laughs) So I do. (laughs) And uh, then I get into the tub, which by the way, is this massive, we are talking like a Sultan's tub. It's huge. There's bubbles everywhere. There is a beautiful plate of fruit fit for a king as well. Bananas, strawberries, probably mango. We were told we would get champagne with the package, but we got chilled red wine. (laughs) So I'm in the tub sitting there. There's rose petals in the water. I am uh, feeling a little self-conscious, so I decided to put some rose petals over my naked breasts. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Casey's having a chat with 
her service provider in the shower. <laughs> and she walks over to the tub. <laughs> and this is completely nude. <laughs> and I don't know why I'm still wearing the mesh panties because at this point like what is the mesh hiding <laughs> so we <laughs> sat nude or semi-nude in the tub drinking the chilled red wine <laughs> and that's the last time we saw each other that is unfortunately the last time we have seen each other. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> I, know. I can't wait to have an uncomfortable large bath with you again. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> One day. Yeah, that was very, very funny. It was intimate. And if those, In those bullies from grade six could have only seen us. <laughs> they would have said told you yeah told you <laughs> one bet okay <laughs> i'll say <laughs> yeah those people weren't interesting if i remembered their names i'd look them up but i don't <laughs> <laughs> i only remember those boys names that uh we were friends with like kyle and wes and jared that's all i remember from that those are the only ones i remember too yeah whatever i'm sure they're working for husky oil <laughs> that's what you said about the kid from yippee is yeah that's every single person who lives in calgary i'm like he's probably worked for the oil company Zuh. right like what else yeah, it's, it's a reasonable assumption although honestly like most of my friends from high school are either teachers or they work in the oil industry <laughs> Yeah, well, those two guys, one's a real estate agent and one works for his parents' company. Look at you knowing. Yeah, I know. I've kept in touch with them. That is interesting. Any other thoughts about the book? I'm still uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see whether Ted gets his just desserts. I don't but... think he will. I don't remember him getting them. I remember we're supposed to feel sad because he's upset when Ruth experiences date rape and then tells him about it. Right. But like, that's really not about him. So I don't, I don't think I'm going to feel sad. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Well, until then, let's read the next three. Sure. And uh... we're almost on part one, so... We'll, we'll be getting, I believe, because Marion's leaving. So right, yeah, we should be done. So let's read it. What if we read until the next part? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, let's do it. Until then. Until then. Bye. Sayonara. <laughs>